Hey, y'all, and welcome to Beyond 1894. It's Louisiana Tech University's official podcast. Um, I am Tanya Oaks-Smith, Executive Director of University Communications, and I'm here today talking to Dr. Mary Calderera-Moore. And let me introduce Mary. I'm just going to shorten everything there. Um, she is the Dan and Linda Renault Endowed Professor. Um, she's Associate Professor in the Department or in the Program of Biomedical Engineering here at Louisiana Tech, and she also leads that program. Um, so she is working to help determine uh, the direction and the research and all those things. So thanks for joining us today, Mary. Thank you for having me. Um, so this year is an exciting year for us at Louisiana Tech, right? Because yes. it's a big anniversary for biomedical engineering. Tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so this is the 50th anniversary of the biomedical engineering program at Louisiana Tech University. It was established in 1972 by Dr. Daniel D. Renault, And at the time, we were one of the very few undergraduate programs in the nation. Dr. Renault was named head of the program and went on to continue to drive the development of the program. Um, the following year, we were we received approval for the bachelor a bachelor's degree, master's degree, and a PhD within biomedical engineering. And then in 1978, the undergraduate program was officially accredited and is maintained accreditation as a leading engineering education program within biomedical engineering. That's that's awesome. Um, and in particular, because the your endowed professorship yes. is named for the human who started yes. this journey at Louisiana Tech. Not only that, but you were a student not at the very beginning of the program. <laughs> no. She's not that old. Um, but when the program was still pretty young. And so tell uh, we were talking before we started recording about your journey and what made you choose the biomedical engineering program here. So tell us about that. So, you know, Louisiana Tech University we have a strong history of engineering education, and I think that that's one of the first things that drew me to it. But we also have a very strong history within biomedical engineering, even though we're just 50 years young. Um, you know, within the state, you know, I am from South Louisiana. Um, we only have two official biomedical engineering programs within the state. That was Tulane University and Louisiana Tech University. Um, you know, of course, LSU was, you know, the closest engineering public university within the state for me. And so I think that it was natural that that's where I was going to go. <clears throat> when, you, when I started looking, you know, I recognized that, you know, they have a biological engineering program. And I was really looking for the medical application of engineering. I loved problem solving. Um, I was fairly good at math and science. And, you know, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, but I also wanted to have a engineering degree or another degree besides just pre-med or biology, um, just in case I decided <laughs> medical school wasn't for me or I didn't get in. Um, and so that's how I kind of found tech originally. I was really drawn to tech, though, because of the engineering education and the curriculum that was in place. 
I came to Tech at a time right after the College of Engineering and Science dean at the time, who is now president, Dr. Geis, had integrated the engineering and sciences. And so with that, they had developed this undergraduate core freshman and sophomore curriculum that allowed you from day one to start in engineering classes and themes and things that you were seeing in that engineering class, you were also seeing in your engineering calculus based class, as well as your chemistry and your physics and your sciences. And the idea that I could start from day one within engineering classes, you know, really was the the big pull for me. Um, I have no one in my family that was an engineer. I had really no one to guide me on what engineering was. And so, you know, I was looking at it just as an under degree, undergraduate degree program and had not thought about research or anything whatsoever. So I get to tech. I needed a job. I started walking around with my little resume, and I go to the College of Engineering and Science, which at the time, we didn't have our fancy building. We were solely in Bogart, and I went to one of the offices to see if I could get an admin, just a little admin student worker job. And someone there just said, you know, you should you should go over to the Institute for Micromanufacturing. I, I heard that they may be hiring. And so I walked over there. I left my resume. And within a couple of hours, I get this email from this professor, um, an assistant professor in biomedical engineering at the time, Dr. Mike McShane. And I was like, hey, I, I think I have a job for you if you want it. Um, the So started in engineering, started working for Dr. McShane. It was actually to type notes for his class. And I guess I did okay. And so midway through the first quarter, he's like, do you want to start doing research? And that was it. And so I kind of stumbled into research, absolutely fell in love with it, and didn't turn back. I I think your journey is so typical of students who are not from our backyard here. Um, they come they come looking for one thing and, and they realize there's so much more. Yes, at Louisiana Tech, and that's a wonderful thing. Um, so t- people who are listening may not understand what biomedical engineering is. And I have to admit that when I started at Louisiana Tech, I knew the words biomedical engineering, but I had no earthly idea about the absolutely wonderful things that biomed engineers do, <clears throat> the life-changing things that biomedical engineering students do. So tell me tell me about some of those things. So it's not uncommon for most people to not know what biomedical engineering is, be, and that's mainly because we are very diverse. Um, you know, biomed, we are the only engineering field that was developed post-World War II. So really, we are still in our infancy. And I think that, you know, that gives us a lot of flexibility in, you know, what we are and what we do and what, where we can go. Um, you know, we pull from a lot of, you know, problem-solving engineering foundational stuff, everything from mechanics, so biomechanics, so assessing the movement um, of humans and maybe how um, an injury can, you know, alter that movement, Um, you know, and from there, the development of prosthetics. And I think that that's what a lot of people initially think when they hear biomedical, they think, oh, you develop prosthetics. 
But there's a whole lot more that goes into that. Um, You know, we also focus and work on a lot on, you know, instrumentation. You know, you walk into a hospital and next time you do, look at all of the instruments that are around that are constantly measuring everything from, you know, electrical signals, chemical signals within our body, um, and maybe even displacement. You know, biomedical engineering has been you know, the field itself has been very instrumental in really the development of medical imaging technologies, which allows us to better look at the body and understanding disease and conditions and detecting things like cancer earlier in life, um, you know, which is something that we all want. Uh, you know, we also work, you know, the field continues to grow um, at a record speed, especially within kind of the regenerative medicine um, space. And part of this also, you know, is advances within biology and stem cell technology, you know, kind of with the idea that maybe one day we'll be able to, you know, rebuild full organs and tissues and replace them as we need them with something that is more, you know, natural than maybe a traditional prosthetic. We do a lot, you know, on just basic, you know, instrumentation, biomechanics, um, but also medical healthcare advances. Um, You know, the pandemic has definitely altered. (laughs) And I think we're going to see, I think it's put a really a big inflection point within the world, but also within the medical areas. And in biomedical engineering, you know, we have the background and the knowledge to really I mean, we're problem solvers. So, I mean, how are ways that we can prevent the spread of a virus? How are there ways that we can better detect them early on? Um, You know, biomedical engineers, technically chemical engineers that then developed to biomedical engineers, were some of the leaders in the development of the, you know, vaccines that, you know, rolled out very quickly um, at the start of the pandemic. And so, you know, I think that, you know, there's a lot that goes into biomed and there's a lot more um, that, you know, who knows where we'll be in the next 30 years. You know, research here at Tech, you know, we we have a strong history of clinical rehabilitation sciences. And then as, you know, the field grew and expanded and as research at Tech expanded um, in the 90s to kind of, you know, explore micromanufacturing, you know, We've really taken off within the spectrum of the bio nanotechnology space, development of better sensors, better understanding of brain. And so we do have core focuses, you know, within our department still on neuroengineering, but also, you know, novel, better biomaterials um, and tissue regeneration applications. And these are things that are of interest to a variety of fields, including NASA. We have a lot of NASA funding at the university from, you know, making chips that can go up on the space station, um, like Dr. Gargana Nesarova, to, you know, creating, you know, wound healing applications that could be proactive for healing for extended periods in space. So let's go to the wound healing applications, because okay. I know that's an area that you have particular yes. interest in. Um, so Dr. Calderera Moore does research in biogels. And I have to say the first time I met you 
And you started talking about biogels. I was like, I have no earthly idea what she's talking about. I'm just talking about a hydrogel. I, Think I, about a gummy bear. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically, I mean, it's a little bit more advanced than a, than a gummy bear. But yes, we make hydrogels. So what, so tell me about this, this, um, these bandages that, that, because that just piques my interest, the bandages that have the gels that help heal quicker. Uh, That's my basic second grade understanding. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So my research is biomaterials, specifically proactive hydrogel based biomaterials. As I said, a hydrogel is is a gummy bear. Um, hi- gummy bears are natural hydrogels that are made of gelatin. Um, we can make our hydrogels very much like you make jello in the sense that you, you mix up a polymer into a solution and then we apply some form of energy, whether that's UV or temperature, and it will cause the material to solidify. And it will take the shape of whatever mold, whatever jello mold that you have. Um, and we can do that all the way down to the nanoscale. And by just adjusting the starting materials um, in, the, in the solution, we can really create sophisticated, intelligent materials that can, you know, be used for drug delivery that can respond maybe to environmental changes and cause release um, of a therapeutic agent. We can also use them for tissue tissue engineering applications because they're very biomimetic. They look, their architecture is very much like that of tissue in our body. So it doesn't elicit a immune response in the same way. With regards to wound healing, so my research group here, we got very interested in looking at ways to create a biomaterial or wound dressing that could be more proactive and promotion of healing versus just treating the side effects of a wound, whether that's a bacterial infection or just something that's triggering it to stay um, in a chronic wound state. And so we developed a material that actually is built out of chitosine, which is um, a biopolymer that is extracted from crustaceans, especially crawfish. And we cross-link it with, so we cure it to form a, a biomaterial with genepin, a compound that is extracted from gardenias. So it's a very southern <laughs> biomaterial. Um, and these are, once it's cross-linked, they're beautiful. I know that I'm a super dork, but they're blue. Um, we can use this blue color to help monitor kind of the, the environment and the pH within a womb site. Um, we can make them. So initially we focused on making large sheets of these that can be put onto a wound and over, you know, an extended period of time would, you know, help manage womb exudate while also kind of neutralizing the environment, which is one of the reasons why we start seeing a wound develop into a chronic wound is that they'll have these over over activation of enzymes that are kind of eating away at the material at the um, skin or the you know where the in- site of injury is. And that kind of keeps it in that from healing. And so by just dropping the pH, we can, reduce the inflammation at that site and then um 
the material can also serve as a scaffold for cells to kind of come in and reattach and start to regrow. Now we've expanded upon that. Um, we've created now a formulation that can um, cure at 37 degrees. So it can be injected directly into a womb site and perfectly fill the wound. But we can also inject them at sites of inflammation. And so one of our collaborative projects with the Health Science Center in Shreveport is to actually inject them into arthritic knees or and look and serve not only as a, a pillow between our knee joints, um, but also can be a carrier for stem cells that can help and then other factors that can promote, you know, cartilage regrowth within the sites of inflammation. And so that's one of the things that we do and <laughs> focus on. Um, but a lot of chemistry, a lot of biomaterials, you know, that's something that I wanted to say earlier and I just rambled on and I didn't, was that, you know, bio, biomedical engineering, you know, it's very multidisciplinary. You know, it pulls from all of the engineering disciplines, but also requires understanding of biology and chemistry and just the diversity of that, but also the diversity and where you can go with those jobs is really what drew me initially and continues to excite me about biomedical engineering. So if if there is a parent who's out there listening and, and goes, you know, this sounds exactly like this kind of stuff that my child geeks out on. <laughs> and, and what kind of opportunities you know we talked about Na nasa we have mm -hmm. lots of alums who go work for nasa we do what other kinds of jobs do biomedical engineers get so you know i think originally within biomed because we had such a history and we had a master's and a phd program here at tech our students you know our undergraduates class size is still relatively small in comparison to other universities. And so all of our undergraduate students that are genuinely interested in gaining research experience have that opportunity while they're at tech. And that, I think, previously has allowed a lot of students to realize that they want to maybe get their master's or their PhD. Um, more recently, we're seeing more and more of our students going directly to medical device companies, Medtronic, um, Brain Lab, um, Smith & Nephew, Abbott. And so they're working on medical devices, some of them in sales, some of them in research and development. Um, you know, Memphis is a big hub for that, and they do come to tech. Um, to recruit our students. Uh, you know, I think we have established ourselves and we have a long history of developing very strong, firmly grounded engineering students that really can can adapt to whatever job that they're getting. We do have students that go into the more of a clinical engineering setting. So these are people that are working in hospitals, making sure that the right equipment is in the hospital, maintaining that equipment, you know, blood analyzers. I mean, those things, those systems require calibration, sometimes multiple times a day um, to make sure that they're operational. And that's what a clinical engineering does, engineer does. Now, we do still have a lot of students, um, kind of like myself, what I originally wanted to do, that uses biomedical engineering as the foundation for going to medical school, but also physical therapy school and occupational therapy, because all of those still require you to problem solve on a daily basis. And, you know, once they leave here with a bachelor's degree, they've had four years of problem solving. So that's, it's interesting to me that <clears throat> biomed 
would have so many options. And it, it sounds like, you know, you're describing the clinical engineer. And that sounds like an industrial engineer, but in a hospital. Yes. You know, or a clinical setting. Yes. Um, and so, you know, and the creation and and making of new things is what I associate with engineers in every area, you know. And I just think that biomed sounds like it would offer a world of opportunities maybe to somebody who is very interested in math and science and those things, but they're not quite sure where they want to take it. Absolutely. Um, So tell us, what do you see ahead for biomedical engineering? Like imagine, you know, when you've been here 50 years, what do you, (laughs) (laughs) you know, It is really hard. I think the last two years has really shown us that we, there's no way that we can predict the future. I, you know, I teach in our freshman series all the way up to our graduate level. I have no idea in 30 years what our engineering students will be developing and creating. Um, What I do know is no matter what, they're going to need, you know, a solid foundation in math in science, and then engineering principles. And so that's what, you know, here at Tech, you know, we've mastered and what we focus on. Um, You know, I think that really with the advances within, you know, our understanding of biology, as that continues to grow, I think that we're going to continue to push the limits of what we can do within biomedical engineering to really improve the quality of life um, for people maybe extend the life um, of people. You know, I think that some of our big focuses that I really do think that we will achieve within the next 15 years is really a better way of diagnosing diseases earlier at the cellular level, especially when we talk about cancers, but also, you know, um, heart disease, you know, better ways to treat it early and hopefully preventative measures um, to where we don't have as high a death toll from those as we do. Um, you know, I think that a lot of what we do with regards to biological tissues and stem cells um, is leading us down a path that will allow us to replace sites of injury better and faster. Um, you know, but also a lot of the principles that we have within biomedical engineering, especially when, when I talk about biopolymers, you know, I think that this is not only going to impact or doesn't, it has the potential not only to impact biomedical engineering, but also environmental and energy and sustainable food. And, you know, the hydrogels that I use, they're membranes. They can filter things out. They could be used for water filtration applications. Um, You know, I read a paper the other day about the development of a a sustainable noodle created out of hydrogel as, you know, because, I mean, right now we're in a moment where, you know, food insecurity is a is a huge deal. And so, you know, I think that that's just one example of within biomedical engineering, that it goes beyond just the human body and just medicine. Well, I think that, and I had never, you know, one of the things that we've talked about with your research and the hydrogels and the the shells and the, and the flowers um, <laughs> that we've talked about is providing equity. And you just brought up another... Um, another aspect of how biomed 
can help provide equity for those people who need it, you know, Absolutely. Um, can help level the playing field. I'd never even thought about the fact that water is, you know, filtering water. Water is in some areas, you know. It's, it's a, I mean, we need it for life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or, or food deserts and things like that. So I, it sounds like biomedical engineering also would provide an opportunity for students who are interested in making a positive impact on the world, you know. That, Absolutely. So, well, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you. And um, we look forward to seeing what the next 50 years um, of biomedical engineering at Louisiana Tech result in. Absolutely. I'm ready. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Beyond 1894. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes. Beyond 1894 is produced by Louisiana Tech University's Office of University Communications.